Hello everybody and welcome to Love Unlocks live sessions today. Today is a very special edition of Love Unlocks. Normally we have very long conversations about people's testimonies and we talk about how God's love unlocks people's lives. Today we've got a special edition because there's something very, very important that we need to discuss as Christians, as the church, as people of faith, and as South Africans. And um, I've decided to to give it a space on this platform so that we can discuss that. And I want to invite you to be a part of this today because this is really important. Um, what we're going to discuss today is the far-reaching implications that a very controversial bill that is now uh, up for um, discussion and there's time for submissions against it, uh, the Pepita Amendment Bill. And uh, if if that kind of thing gets through and does what it what it potentially can do, it can even stop a show like this that we're having right now. Uh, because our freedom of religion and our freedom of speech is really at the forefront in this thing. So today I have the privilege of chatting with um, Nadine Bardnost and Michael Swain from 4SA. They have uh, agreed to, to join us live and to answer any questions that you might have and to also tell us more about what this is actually trying to do and how we can try to stop it. So please welcome uh, to Love Unlocks Live today, uh, Michael Swain and Nadine Bardnost. Hello, everybody. Hello. Welcome, welcome. <laughs> it's wonderful to have you guys here. Thanks for joining us. And, and for everybody online that's joining us as well from wherever it might be, uh, please tell us where you are logging in from and um, if you, what you know about this, what you are worried about, what questions you may have. Um, I think the most important thing for us today to establish is that it's important to that believers know what this is trying to do and how we can actually do something about it. All right. So first of all, I think I'd like to ask... Um, Michael, if you can just give everybody a brief idea of what is 4SA and why did you guys start this uh, and, and how, no, let's just ask that first. What is 4SA and, and how are you guys involved in this process? Okay, well, 4SA stands for Freedom of Religion South Africa and we are a legal advocacy group. We're a nonprofit group. And we specifically exist to protect and promote our constitutional rights under Section 15 and also Section 9 of our Constitution to enjoy religious freedom. And that means not only just to actually be able to express your faith in the privacy of your own home, but also to live out your faith, to mm. say what you want, to pass your faith on to your family, to your friends. And we are, in that sense, faith neutral. So we protect the religious freedom rights of all faiths because, well, obviously, whatever affects one faith affects all faiths. And we're also doctrinally neutral. So we don't really mind what interpretation you have. We think that you should have the right. We believe that under law, you must have the right to believe what it is you want to believe and to express those beliefs. Absolutely. That's amazing. Um, Nadine, you, you studied law. Uh, you've, yeah. you've got an amazing list of degrees behind your name. You, you, you uh, went abroad uh, uh, and, and you, you learned so much more about um, fighting for human rights. Um, what is your passion and why are you part of 4SA? 
Heinz, I'm passionate about keeping the doors for the gospel open in, in South Africa. And 4SA is a vehicle to do just that, but not just for Christians, because obviously there needs to be a level playing field. And um, so therefore we are faith neutral, as Michael said. But ultimately for me, I'm a Christian. I am passionate about Jesus. I am passionate about people um, being free to be able to share their faith with others and to also live out their faith. And it's for that reason that I am involved with Forest Eye, that I'm one of the founding members of Forest Eye. We want to keep the doors for the gospel in South Africa open as far as far and as long for possible as possible. Yeah, uh, just on that, I mean, what I find fascinating is that we have this supposedly great constitution with a human rights bill that you know stands up for freedom of religion freedom of speech and a whole bunch of other freedoms but apparently it's not that hard to bring about a bill that seemingly goes directly against that how so yeah, my first question is how is it even possible that a bill can be brought brought forward that potentially harms the constitution or the nature of the constitution. So Hans, what we're seeing happening in South Africa is actually part of a worldwide trend. And increasingly in the Western nations, also in South Africa, we hear this message, believe in your heart, whatever you want to believe, but don't say it and don't live it out. Because increasingly Christian beliefs in particular are being seen as fundamentalist, bigoted, politically incorrect, and therefore increasingly there is this move by activists to either silence people of faith or to force them to compromise on their deeply held beliefs. So what we're seeing in South Africa is actually not unique. It's part of um, liberal legislation that is that is coming through from across the world, um, particularly from the United Nations. And yes, absolutely, we have been given constitutional rights as people of faith in South Africa, but Rights are continuously in conflict with one another. And mm. it's just there where the problem comes in. Because in every situation, then, the court has to weigh up which right is more important in that instance. Is it the right to religious freedom? Or is it, in the, for instance, someone's right um, to have their sexual orientation recognized? And um, it's often there, unfortunately, where religious freedom pulls on the short end of the string. Because South Africa in particular has such a liberal constitution and we often see ourselves as having to be seen as the champion of, you know, particularly sexual sexual rights and gender rights. And it's just there where the problem comes in. Yeah, I, I've, I've had this, uh, you know, picture in my mind that if, you know, if it's amazing to me that we are happy to sign a document if we put our child in a school. Uh, we are happy to sign a document when we work for a company to adhere to certain certain rules and certain regulations the way that company does something and we're also happy to sign the you know if we go against those rules to carry the consequences and for some reason we respect those man-made things but when someone wants to be a part of a faith and that faith has certain rules and certain ways of doing things and certain consequences uh and you know you want to be part of it but you you almost want to go and redact and say no i don't want to trying that I don't want to say that and for some reason just because the rules offend you you can now do what you want and those rules just have to be, go be thrown out you know it's just the way the way the world is thinking about this just uh, just boggles my mind um, but okay let's let's um let's get down to what we want to talk about today why is this pepita bull 
the amendment bill such a danger to freedom of religion and freedom of speech for the church, well, for the faith community at large in South Africa? Mm -hmm. All right, so we have to take a step back. So the Papuda Act is an existing act that was passed already in 2000. And what that, that act does is it says that everyone's equal before the law and that no one should be unfairly discriminated against mm. by the state or by another person on grounds of, for instance, their sex, their gender, their sexual orientation, their race, their language, but also their, their religion. Mm. So what is important to know that is already the existing act is being used often as a club in the hand of anti-religion activists to really go after people of faith and in particular to go after Christians, whether it's pastors, whether it's Christian business people, whether it's Christian schools, whether it's churches um, or other Christian ministries effectively to silence them from speaking these fundamentalist, polit politically incorrect, bigoted beliefs, or from living out their beliefs in the mm. marketplace. Sure. And the problem with the Papuda Amendment Bill is that it's going to just make it so much easier for activists to do that. Um, one of the reasons why it would do that is because it, it would literally make state funding, state-funded legal aid available to activists to open up cases when they feel they've been the target of hate speech or unfair discrimination, while the defendant, so whether it's a Christian individual or a Christian church, would have to finance the entire litigation out of their own pockets. Now, wow. I mean, how unfair is that? So it's really an invitation Yo. to open up court cases, and that's just one of the reasons why we are very concerned about yeah. this bill. My goodness. Heinz, I think, I, I think it's worthwhile also saying that uh, Papuda uh, or the so-called Equality Act is the preeminent piece of legislation in South Africa. So every other piece of legislation, every other policy, every other regulation that government passes must pass through the filter of Papuda. And of course, that will be Papuda as amended by this Papuda Amendment Bill, which is why it is so critical, because literally it will reshape the legal landscape, the legislative landscape of our nation if this thing goes through. Who is funding this? Who is pushing this? Do you guys know? Is it or is it just like a some billionaire somewhere? Or is this is this government driven? Where is this coming from? Do you know? Michael, you want to take it all? <laughs> well, you know the, yeah. the, the 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 answer is it, it comes from the Department of Justice. Um, okay, but it is very similar, interestingly enough, in terms of its objectives and what the probable outcomes would be to other very liberal legislation that is being passed. For example, in the US, they're trying to push this thing through Congress as well. Yeah. So it is definitely something which seems to be imported. And it is definitely uh, something which is contrary to the basic, if you like, um, mores of faith and belief and the more conservative values that the vast majority of South Africans hold. So yeah. often this is what you find. You find that because South Africa is perhaps somehow bound internationally to be at the forefront, maybe, even of the liberal agenda for Africa, uh, these things often seem to come through our front door first. Yeah, like, you know, the CSE thing, and I know there's a big push as well to change the Marriage Act um, yeah. at the same time, and, and this is all of this is happening. It, it seems like there's this massive attack against biblical core values uh, that that haven't just been Christian values. It's it's just been the, you know good morals for a nation, and, and all of that stuff is now being attacked bit by bit. 
And mm-hmm. so, Michael, what would your what would your call be to to the church? Because the sense that I'm getting is lots of people have been maybe hearing what you're saying. I know that lots of organizations have been helping you to get the word out, but maybe there's not yet this big enough push from Christians against this bill. Um, how would you talk to to the average Christian out there and and and, and encourage us to to get involved and to help make a difference. And why is it so important that as many of us as possible get behind this effort? Well, I think you've made an excellent point, Heinz, and, and that is that very often Christians wonder what happened. Yeah. We often seem to be uh, waking up to the reality of the fact that we live under laws, perhaps under policies, our children are being educated in a way that we didn't actually think they would be or should be, and we didn't even want But here's the thing. We live in a democratic nation. And as a result, and this is part of the process, for example, with the Papuda Amendment Bill, we can make our voices heard and every single voice counts. Mm. But I think often what happens in the church is that people seem to think, well, if government's doing it, it must be okay. Or surely if we're the majority of the people in this country are Christian, surely we'll have Christian laws. And the answer is no, there's no guarantee. And we must stand on our civil duties. Now, if you want to look at a biblical example, the Apostle Paul was very quick to stand on his Roman citizenship. There was Mm. a moment when he was going to be beaten, and in those days, perhaps severely beaten. And he said, no, you cannot beat me. I'm a Roman citizen. There was a time when he was going to be the subject of assassination attempt. And because he was a Roman citizen, he was given an armed escort to get him safely from A to B. And ultimately, based upon his rights, his civil rights, as a Roman citizen, he appealed to Rome and to Rome he duly went. Now, imagine if he'd just taken the view, well, I'm a Christian, I'm going to be persecuted, whatever happens, happens. What would have happened to his life? Maybe Mm. he would have died prematurely. Maybe he would never have planted half the churches he did. Maybe half the New Testament gospels that we read and the letters that we read wouldn't have been written. So we need to understand as Christians, we must stand up and make our voices count. It is our constitutional right, it's our democratic right, and these, I believe, are the God-given freedoms that we live under, but we must protect and promote and preserve them. Yeah. Now, Hans, you, if I can jump yes. in there and yes. maybe give an example of how our voice can make a difference. Okay. So I'll give a good example, and a, a positive example and a negative example. Um, there's another bill in which uh, 4SI was involved a couple of years ago, and that also would have very uh, would have had a very negative effect on our religious freedom rights. And in that particular instance, the Christian community made, I think it was oh, about 40 submissions, was the sum total of submissions that Parliament received on that particular bill. The Liberal lobby, however, had made some 400 plus submissions. Sure. And when it came to the decision for Parliament, they simply, they had these, I'll, I'll never forget it, they had these two piles of paper in front of him, they said, well, the people of South Africa have spoken. And Yo. that bill was passed, and it severely affected our religious freedom rights. So that's oh. the negative example. But the good example is um, a few years ago, also on the hate crimes and hate speech bill, which would have severely affected our ability to share our faith. And on that one, government received in excess of 60,000 60, submissions, the most of which came from the religious community. And as a result of that major pushback, we were able to write a clause into the bill to make sure that our freedom to share our faith remains protected. Mm. So every 
voice counts. Every voice makes a difference. Don't just think my church is going to send something in. Um, no, you personally send something in, but also go to your pastor and say, is the church aware of this and have you sent in a submission? We need both organizations and individuals, everyone, to send in a submission. Absolutely. Uh, I want to ask you, just to make it practical, what are the practical uh, things? But before that, do, do you guys know uh, already that if some of the biggest churches in our nation that actually have the numbers to, you know, really tip the scale are involved or are behind this? Uh, can you can you talk about that or do you at least just know we've got some really mega churches that are that yeah. are involved in this? Well, we, we've gone very far and wide with our campaign, as you know. I think we've been reasonably effective. It's gone pretty viral. And we are knowing <laughs> for sure, because one particular site that uh, is being used for online submissions is, is the DRSA site. Mm. And they, I think as of this morning, had sent in over 34,000 submissions. Mm. So that is just one site. But people are using all sorts of means and methods as well. So we are certainly... Uh, seeing that people are responding, but we need to keep our pedal to the metal, as they say. We need to keep the pressure on. We literally need a tsunami of opposition if we're going to stop this thing. And yeah. I believe we can stop it, but it's going to take all of us making submissions and standing up and making our voices heard. All right. I, I want, so we, yeah. We're at the beginning of the process. There are going to be different stages in the process. So this is the first stage of the process where the Department of Justice has now put this bill out for comment. There'll, there'll be further consultation processes with government and so forth. But it's so important that at every stage of the proceedings, we participate. We exercise our democratic rights. We make our voices, voices heard so that we can stop it earlier rather than than later but we only have nine days left to get in our submissions to the department of justice because the deadline is the 30th of june but we can we can do it so let's flood them with thousands of submissions absolutely and, and, uh, and Heinz, i, I often yes. say it's, it's better to fight a battle it's better to fight a battle a hundred miles away from the city wall than when you're right up against the gates yeah. so this is why we need to push this thing hard now that's great. No, I, I, I totally agree. And I'm so grateful for you guys for doing this. Uh, Nadine, just maybe help us understand practically um, for those who are leading churches, those who are in churches, uh, what is, what's the wording? I, I saw you wrote a, a, an extensive article yeah. on this on your website, and I would encourage people to go and read that. But just in short, um, how are they... Uh, they're broadening the meaning of the word equality mm. and discrimination, correct? Yeah. To to include so many possible things and the language is vague. Uh, and, yes. And the, can you explain just to us why is that such, such a potential problem mm. for leaders and for churches if this bill is passed? Because sure. that's the crux of this whole issue. That's the crux of it, Heinz. So effectively what they're doing, they're redefining equality and unfair discrimination. Because, you know, if you had to ask anybody, should we, do we want more equality in South Africa? I think everyone would say yes. But the problem is that they're stretching the meanings of equality and unfair discrimination so far beyond the ordinary meaning of the word and the hitherto legal understanding of the word mm. that, number one, some of it becomes completely impractical. And number two, it becomes increasingly dangerous from a religious freedom point of view. So let mm. me explain. Equality um, up until this point has meant equality before the law, equal treatment before the law. But this bill will redefine equality to basically mean that everyone 
has everything at all times equally. So equal access to opportunities, to benefits. So that basically means that as a church, for instance, you will not be able to draw a distinction between people when you um, decide who you're going to adopt members of the church or who are you going to appoint as leaders in the church or who you're going to appoint as employees. So you may have to, because everyone's equal in every way and should have equal access to opportunities, um, even if it's someone who holds to completely different religious convictions to your own, you have to consider those people. That's what equality would mean in terms of this act. And then on the unfair discrimination side, um, discrimination is also being redefined to mean if you if somebody simply feels hurt by something that someone else had said or done, that would be enough to establish discrimination even if you had no intention to discriminate against them and you didn't even know that you were, you know, hurting their feelings or discriminating against them. Wow. So it, it effectively renders you completely defenseless yeah. against any kind of discrimination. It will not help to rely on religious convictions. If the person says, I feel hurt in my heart by what you said or did because I don't agree, I don't like it, I find it offensive, that's enough to establish discrimination. So very dangerous for individuals sharing our faith but also very dangerous for religious organizations yeah uh, across the board it's not just for christians so if if and 100%. But, but that's insane you know to 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 broaden discrimination that widely that just if her feelings are hurt so your feelings become more important than someone's yes. freedom of religion and freedom of yes. speech so freedom of feelings is that a new thing <laughs> Definitely, we see well, that, and I, I really like like what you've coined there. I'll steal it in for, for next interview, Heinz. But um, definitely, we're seeing increasingly in, in legislation this move towards subjective feelings. You know, um, that is more that's important crazy. than other people's rights, and and that's the problem. For us, I is not saying that other people don't have rights, but we're saying why should someone else's rights, you know, suppress yeah. our rights? We also, say what we believe. Exactly. You know, according to, to the scripture. Yeah, and I mean, it, it can get crazy. Like, you know, what, something I said offend you, now you feel bad. Now you come against me, but now I feel bad. So now my feelings are also hurt. Your feelings are hurt. Now what are we, we going to do? Um, I mean, I studied a bit of law, and what I remember is it's always the judge is the reasonable person. Yeah. How do you decide? But if feelings are such a big part of it, then there's no more reason. And if we don't have reason, why this law, it's a mess. This yeah. is why this law revolutionizes the whole legal landscape because, Absolutely. as you said, intention plays no role anymore. So that's going to have that such far-reaching effects. My goodness. All right. I think, I think another thing another thing to also remember about the Papuda and when once you have shown discrimination, in other words, once you have shown, look, what you said caused me prejudice or what you said has somehow undermined my dignity, then that discrimination is basically deemed to be unfair. Mm. And you, as the person who is now accused of discrimination, you now have to justify that what you actually did in terms of your discrimination, whether it could have been something that you said or something that you did, whether that is actually now fair. And the problem with that is that there's a test for it. Uh, in the act, which very, very much biases it in favor of the person who's making the complaint. Oh, so, wow. for example, they're going to look at the context in which the discrimination is taking place. They're going to look at whether or not what happened to you impaired your human dignity. And here's a good one. 
whether or not your position in society is one where you suffered from patterns of disadvantage or whether you belong to a group that suffers from patterns of such disadvantage. So you can see that the test also is heavily weighted against the person who is actually being accused of discrimination. It means that once you're in this net, frankly, it's impossible to get out of. And the penalties that you can face, the sanctions yeah. that you can face are severe. Yeah. Yo, we can see churches shut down. We can see leaders yeah. locked up. We can see all of these things potentially happening. And it just yeah. seems quite insane that it's even possible. Um, so I we it's have to stop than this. That. Sure. It gets scarier. Yeah. <laughs> can I explain why? Please. Because this amendment bill goes even further than just um, penalizing the person who is seen to have actually discriminated. And it does this in, in two ways. Firstly, it makes employers liable for the discrimination of the employees. So what? remember now, an employee could have discriminated by a person simply because that person feels hurt. And That's even insane. if the employee had no intention to, but if that person says, I feel hurt, then they will not only open up a case against the employee, but also against the employer. What? Even when the employer didn't know about the discrimination that happened, had no intention themselves. So the net of legal liability was broadened. How, but how but is this even this. possible, Nadine? How is this possible that this is even an option? Because it's there's there's going to be no more justice or righteousness even. It's just going to be feelings against you, feelings. Sure. But I tell you guys, it, it actually it actually gets even worse. Uh, we probably haven't even got to the worst part of this yet, and that what? and that is that that is that this bill basically says that any person or organisation, effectively, it includes NGOs, which most churches are NGOs, must basically implement this view of equality in their public activities. And it also gives the responsible minister, who in the case of the religious community is probably the Cogta minister, Minister Nkosazana Dlamini-Zuma, uh, the duty to impose or to pass regulations and codes of conduct to ensure that according to this understanding of discrimination and equality, this is actually imposed on organizations and individuals. And she can even do so at literally a micro-organizational level. Yo. So this is basically state regulation of religion straight yeah. through the front yeah. door. And it will effectively eliminate wow. the autonomy of religious organizations to set their own doctrines and internal workings and, and codes and understandings. It will eliminate Please. faith schools, uh, faith-based schools. Yeah, Yo. I mean, it, it, it really is something which will just sweep away religious freedom. We, we've called it the death knell of religious freedom in South Africa. What? This is really serious. I knew it was bad, but I didn't know it was that Let bad. Let me give you another example. The bill also extends legal liability to not only the person who actually discriminated and, you know, employers, but to say that any person who almost indirectly sits behind the discrimination because they caused the discrimination, they encouraged the discrimination, or they requested the discrimination, they too can be held equally liable with the person who actually discriminated. So, example... Let's say um, you, I, you lead a church and um, let's say on a Sunday morning you were to preach from, from John saying that Jesus is the only true God and immediately one of the people online or you know someone in your service posts that on Facebook. And someone maybe from a different faith or no faith at all were to read that and say, what nonsense is this? Where do you hear this nonsense? Yeah. And that would just say, no, but that is what Heinz Winkler said just now. You know, that's what my pastor said. Heinz, then you will be held equally liable, even though you didn't know that that person even made that post on Facebook, because you would be seen as having 
caused yeah. or encouraged yeah. that discrimination. My so it just becomes extremely broad and far-reaching, and that is the very danger with this bill. And, and, and let's just say this, it, it has started already. It has started already. I mean, we are involved in a case in yeah. Chatsworth in, in KZN where a young evangelist, and this is under the Papuda as it stands at the moment without the amendments, uh, a young evangelist basically made statements along the lines in a testimony, in a public setting, Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Uh, he is the one true God. And another religion uh, took offense and basically called it, it Hindu bashing and hate speech. They tried mm. to implement criminal proceedings against him under the Crime and Injuria Act, and they have now sued him under this act. They're asking him, there are three organizations, some 400,000 rands worth of damages, what? 200 hours of community service, and he must never, ever preach on those scriptures in public again. And this is the type of thing which will just get exponentially worse if this Papuda yeah. Amendment Bill goes through in its current form. Yeah. Yeah, listen, I, I mean, what I'm seeing is that there's a, there's a very real rise in attack on the church and we need to be on a spiritual level we need to be aware that we're in the end times and this is getting real we might we may see a lot of persecution of the church in our day to come still and we need to be you know aware of that and ready for that and i think the church needs to wake up and we need to realize we need to take this head on this this we our, our battle is not just against flesh and blood but the spirit principalities because this thing Behind this, there's an evil thing happening, but there are practical things that we can do right now, uh, and we can we can help to stop this thing from from getting even worse than it already is. And uh, yeah. I hope I hope that those who are listening are now aware, and that you will share this with as many people as possible. Uh, I want to show you uh, in this post. There's also the link to the 4SA website. If you go to the website, uh, you will. Let me just show you this. If you go to their website, um, the first page you get there, you they will have a, a click. You click here to go to this other page, the Dear South Africa page, where you can then scroll down and give your submission. Very easy. Select your region, your answer, and you can scroll down there and submit and be part of helping this process uh, of stopping this amendment bill. So please do that. Go to 4SA, their website, the, the link is here in the, in the post, and make sure that you're part of this. And please share this with as many people as possible. We have to stop this thing uh, yeah. because, you know, accepting that nothing will change uh, if we just let it go is not the is not the way to go um if you want to keep going to the church that you're going to having the leaders you have having the structures you have that um, this amazing freedom that we are experiencing still in a way if you want that to keep going you have to stand up against this thing with us so i'm calling on christian leaders calling on christians everywhere to make your leaders aware if they're not aware so that we can all stand up against this thing um Nadine, uh, some final words from you, Michael, from you as well, as we as we bring this to a close. Yeah, thank you, Hans. I, you know, I always say it's a it's a time like the sons of Issachar in the Bible to 
to be aware of the signs of the times, but not just be aware and, you know, oh, it's interesting what's happening, but to actually know what to do about it. Yes, it's time yes. to take action. And so many Christians say, but we're praying, but, but we can do more than pray. We actually have an opportunity to use our democratic rights. Um, mm. Like Paul did, you know, Michael used the example, to actually make a difference in our country, not just for us, but for generations to come. Because once freedom is lost, it's not easily regained. Yeah. Michael? Yeah, and I think it's so important to say that every voice counts. Every submission counts. It is counted. And every submission, one upon one upon one, adds up to tens, to hundreds, to thousands, to tens of thousands. And we know from the democratic process that if we can get enough submissions, we have the opportunity to stop this thing and possibly to stop it dead in its tracks. So this is now your moment in that sense, to simply take two minutes of your time to make your submission and make your voice heard. Absolutely, yeah. Please do that. Um, we, we cannot stress enough how important this is. Um, you know, I recently, we planted a church. We want to grow. We want to keep reaching people with the good news of, of Jesus Christ. Uh, we, we know that the message of Christ is offensive to the world, but it cannot be to the point that we are completely muzzled uh, just yeah. because we hurt people's feelings. Uh, this this is an insanity. This seems to be impossible, but it is actually happening. So let's do what we can, as much as we can, to stop this and help us spread the word. Um, Nadine, Michael, thank you for the work that you are doing at Forest A. Thank you for the, the countless hours, the sweat, the tears, the sacrifices. Uh, I can't even imagine the attacks that you guys must be experiencing on a daily basis. Um, I just want to pray with you, please. Can I pray with you? Lord Jesus, I pray for, for, for SA, the whole team, for Michael, Nadine, all their people, that, that you will protect them, guide them, strengthen them, and help them with their amazing efforts of, of bringing change in this nation, Lord, where there's such an attack on, on your church, on your values, on what is, what is right according to you, Lord. There's such a huge attack on this. And we ask right now that you will bring a hedge of protection around this team uh, and their efforts and what they are doing. I thank you that you will also lift whatever hindrances there are against their message and that it'll be, it'll be broadcast everywhere and get out everywhere, that people will know that this is not something that can be hidden away. It has to be shouted from the rooftops and people must know that it's not just going to affect the Christians, it's going to affect all religions, um, all people that have something to say, that have a belief system and, uh, and that this word will get out and that, that, that we will see a massive reaction and a stop of this, of this nonsense, quite honestly. In the name of Jesus, we pray that. Amen. 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 I appreciate you guys so much and what you guys are doing. And once again, if you have been listening to this, please share it with everybody. Put their names in the links and uh, give them the links and, and go and submit that form. It doesn't just help that you know about it. Get excited about it with us. You have to submit the form. That is what's going to make the difference. So please do that. And please go and support 4SA with financial contributions as well. They need all the help they can get. You can see that they're doing great work. Uh, for the kingdom. So let's help them to keep doing that. Michael, Nadine, God bless you. And uh, may you just go from strength to strength with the work you're doing. Thank you so much. Thank you, Heinz. Thank, Thank you. We really appreciate it. Thank you. All right. 
Thanks for joining us for this special edition of Love Unlocks Live Sessions today. I really appreciate it. I hope that you are a bit more aware of what is happening and how hectically scary this can be. But we have something we can do. So once again, go to Forest A, go to that website, submit your form, and let's make a difference where it counts. God bless you, and we'll chat soon. Bye-bye.